0: Greetings and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast and also sit a while and listen, I guess. Um, I don't know what greetings came from there, but hi, I'm Matt. I'm the host with me this week are my fantastic co-hosts, uh, uh, Blizzard Watch's EIC and overall head honcho, Grand Hype Puba, uh, Liz Harper. Uh, I called you a Grand hypooba. Wow, that's really weird. <laughs> that's, I haven't used that one in years. That's, that's Hannah, a lot of titles you've just piled on me. Hannah Barbera would like a word with you yeah they can they can speak to my lawyer birdman oh wait no uh anyway also with us is joe perez who is not a grand high pooba this this week i i'm sorry i gave it to somebody else that's fine i'm
1: used to it it's okay
0: but anyway uh i kind of recommend the pre-show if you guys can somehow hear our pre-shows i recommend it because this one was a really good one we talked about something that mitch originally came up with in an email so
1: and if not, if you wanna if you wanna listen to our pre shows, you can always uh, subscribe to our Patreon and get access to it. Eh?
0: Eh? Yeah, You can do that. We, we're not doing our pledge drive this week, uh, but you know, still, it, it's always a good time to, to pledge because we kind of need help keeping the lights on. Help us, guys. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Top stories, uh, stuff going on. I think the first thing that I'm going to bring up because it is something that absolutely fascinates me is Diablo 2's patch 2.4 is coming out fairly soon. And by fairly soon, we mean at some point in the new year. There's going to have a PTR, then it's coming out. And they did a couple of things that surprised me. The first was that they're finally introducing Ladder Play, the uh, Diablo 2 Ladder Play. They're introducing that.
2: We did know that Ladder Play was coming up. They were just going to release it sometime after the game launch. So we
0: did know this was coming. But what is interesting to me is that they're making a change to it in that... The uh rune words that you get from ladder play will no longer be playable in Diablo 2 they won't come into Diablo 2 yeah. resurrected's normal play, which no, they I did bad. previously yep they've they've specifically changed it so that they won't anymore. when you get rune words in ladder play they 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 go away when the season ends and that's interesting that's a that's a pretty big change from ladder play. I mean I, I, thought I heard Liz talking. I actually had thought please. that was.
2: I thought that was the other way around. I thought they were adding
0: new runes. They that are would eventually. Um, they are yeah. adding new. They are adding new rune words that they've never had before. But those rune words will not come to the game. I was. I read that like four times trying to parse it because it was not the 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 post talking about it did not do me any favors in terms of trying to make it <laughs> comprehensible but yeah they're not they're, they they sp- specifically say these words will not be coming to to the normal play when the season ends like when when ladder season ends your character gets bumped down to a non ladder right and but they used to bring all their stuff with them so you mm-hmm. could get it was a good way to farm up rune words that you would otherwise not have you would go do ladder play and then you'd have those rune words they're not doing that anymore like the 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 latter rune words specifically, the rune words are not coming to, to non ladder play, which is interesting because it means that essentially those rune words have become the season theme. They've they've taken the, the Diablo three season theme idea and they've used rune words to do that in Diablo two Resurrected, and that's fascinating to me. That's a that's an interesting departure. They also don't know how long the seasons are going to be. The the latter seasons which is, uh, know, I think they said,
2: I think they said four months. They were aiming yeah. for
0: four months. They absolutely did say they were aiming for four months, but they said that they might change it based on the PTR based on other stuff. Yeah. Um, the other thing though, is that they're making class balance changes. And that's like, I, 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 I admit this might've just been me being weird. I did not expect this game to have balance changes in it. Like did the I. idea. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's, that's another thing they actually talked about before, before release that they might consider adding things that were not in the original game. So I think this is very interesting. I don't know. Did you watch the, the developer stream that they did? I didn't
0: watch it when it was live. I found a recording of it and watched the recording. Uh, so yeah, they, they were, they were making some interesting points.
2: Yeah, because they've clearly been kind of watching the game as it's developed, like they're watching the game now that it's out, and seeing, okay, these builds aren't getting used as much, these skills aren't getting used as much, and they talked a lot about, you know, having, you know, not necessarily all specs and builds being equal, but having everything be viable. So for underutilized builds and talents, they want to make them something that... You might want to pick. They don't want builds that are like, okay, these talents are totally useless. I'm never going to take them. They want to give players options, and I Mm -hmm. think that's really cool.
0: They talked about the uh, Amazon. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember the Amazon and the Assassin. They were talking about how for the Amazon like late game to slash, like once you get to Nightmare and above, Nightmare and Hell, people are generally just ranged with their Amazons. And that the the martial, like the hand-to-hand combat stuff kind of falls by the wayside. Well, because yeah, the it's just, game gets brutal
1: to Melee later on. Yeah.
0: And they want to punch it up and make it viable for people who want to play Melee Amazon to do it. And they the same thing with Martial Arts for Assassins. They wanted to make it viable for people. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I like the idea not just that they want, that they're not trying to make them all the same. They're not trying to make it so every single one performs exactly the same. But they want them to at least, if you're the the kind of person who wants to play that way, yes, you'll you'll take a hit, but you will be able to, and the game will actually work. Because I think right now, some classes, you straight up, if you don't play the exact prescribed way, you're basically dead. I think Necromancer is a really good example.
1: I'm going to uh, bring in something from the chat real quick because I think it's relevant on topic here. And this is from Grand Negus, which is not sure how the reaction of the community will be. It's a departure from the original game. People love so much and have been playing for decades. Literally, it is, but it also isn't. And I think that's part of what Matt is talking about here. And and I think, you know, anybody who's played Diablo 2 for any length of time has specific ways they play and there are certain things that are viable and certain things that are not like instinctually when I went back to playing Diablo 2 after it was resurrected when it was released like I knew what talents to take with my druid because the other ones were not useful and I knew like oh I have to put a point here because I need to get here to do this but I'm never going to use this so it's not going to get a hot here a, a, a swift key or anything like that. And that's the way that people have been playing it for literally decades. So all this is doing is taking the stuff that people don't use and trying to make it usable so that maybe somebody who I've never played a martial arts uh, assassin. I'll throw that right out there because it's weak and you just die a lot and doing anything at higher levels. You die a lot. Same reason I've never done a melee Amazon late into the game because you die a lot. That's always been range. The only melee that I've had game were paladins uh and uh bear druid because you could do a lot with them and take a lot of damage. So like this is making those viable potentially where I would go back and if they say, Hey, we, we change this up so you could use it later on. I'll go and try it because that play is fun, but I've it's not something that I traditionally play. So I don't think people are going to have a visceral reaction to it. Like in a negative way, I think if anything, it'll be a positive. It's like, Oh, I can do this fun thing. Sure. Why not? At least that's my two cents.
0: Well, yeah, but it, oh, yeah, go ahead, Liz. One thing
2: I really noticed is they aren't nerfing things. Yeah. They're not saying, okay, these things aren't equal. I'm going to nerf this one. They're saying, okay, these things aren't equal, so I should bring this other one up a little to kind of be more, more level with the others, to make it a viable choice. So mm-hmm. I think that helps. They're not ruining anything that was already there. They're giving you more options and giving you more diversity. And I think overall, that's going to be a really good thing for the longevity of the game because it can still grow and it can still feel like Diablo 2, but you have more choices. You have more options.
0: Well, they're treating it like a living game which is yeah. something w- between introducing the ladder and having these balance changes. It, it is, an, it's a kind of a notice of nothing else that this game will be treated like a game that has come out and is being played by people. And what's really interesting is that's not necessarily new to Diablo two because Diablo 2's last significant update patch was patch two point something, I think 2.1 or what have you, but it came out in 2010. Diablo two came out in 2000 So Mm -hmm. 10 years later, they patched it Mm -hmm. to to update it for, like, you know, Battle.net and so forth. But also, they straight up made changes to, like, you know, how you could respec. They introduced a lot of respec stuff that wasn't there before. They introduced new stuff. So it's not unheard of to update Diablo 2. Keep in mind that Diablo 3 only came out in 2012. Yep. So that was two years before Diablo 2 came out. They gave Diablo, I mean, Diablo 3 came out. They gave Diablo 2 its last significant patch. And now it will, of course, be getting a new one. I just, I do find this really interesting and fascinating. Um, but that also leads to the discussion we're about to have about um, Diablo 4 had its dev update this week. And I'll be up front. Um, Liz gave me an assignment to, to write a post about it. And I kind of dropped the ball on the assignment a bit because she had said, explain it to me like I'm stupid. And I didn't because <laughs> I didn't understand it. Like straight up. I don't know how to explain this to people
1: it's the sphere like, grid from final fantasy 10,
0: but it isn't, it is, but it isn't It is very Paragon systems in and of themselves are hard to explain. Sometimes it's like, you, you know, you get to max level and now you just level forever. It's kind of hard <laughs> to, to get across to people. Um, Odyssey has one. It doesn't, it isn't permanent. It isn't endless the way that the uh, Diablo two one is Diablo three one is I got to keep messing up the numbers on these things. Diablo <laughs> four is not going to make this an easier for me. Um, But yeah, I, so I, I read the piece about it. I went and looked up like anything I could find on it, which is not a ton. The only place there's any, any real information about it is the, the quarterly dev update for Diablo four.
2: I mean, no one knows.
0: uh, Yeah. But it is like, it's no, there's some, there's a few like websites that have a few things. There's, there's a videos online. People are already talking about it, but the thing that really got me was it starts off fairly, like fairly simple in, in concept, like you get this board and the board has tiles and the tiles are basically like talents or ability points. As you you use, you move your way through the board, you gain the access to these tiles and they give you the, the, the benefits therein. And then obviously that uses Diablo's constant, you know, common magic, rare and legendary thing that they do for itemization. It uses that for the tiles as well. And it's got glyphs very much like diablo 2 glyphs that you can like put into the board instead of into your helmet or what have you and then it gets weird with the with the the i want to call it, i can't remember what they're called the game gate tile gate Gates. tiles yeah gate tile. and the gate tile comes up and there's four gate tiles on the board one on each side so there's one on the top you know left right and bottom and they if you get to a gate tile you then can add another board yep and you can when keep you going. add that board you then go to the center of that board and you get a legendary perk. When you get there, you get the legendary tile. And then you could just keep going to the other side of the board and add another gate tile. Or you could juke to the left and add another. You know, you could just keep doing this. And it's interesting and cool and weird. Like hard, it's it's hard to conceptualize at the same time. It's not. It's kind of like you're playing like I, I can almost imagine it's some kind of like like a like a tabletop board game. Yep. You know, that's that's literally what I was going to say. So I, 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 I am somewhat sorry that I didn't do the assignment the way that you'd asked because I I had intended to, but I, I just, I guess I didn't grasp what I was trying to tell people. Like I, I understood what I think it's going to do, but I lost sight of the fact that it is a replacement for Diablo three's Paragon system. Like I straight up lost sight of it. Like I forgot that that Diablo 3, I mentioned it in the opening and then I forgot it existed because this thing is so not that, but at the same time, that's what it's trying to do. It's trying to provide you the same kind of benefit just with like more choices. Like the Paragon system that Diablo 3 has, you just spend points until you can't spend points anymore. And then there's always one thing that you can spend points on forever. And that's all it is. It's just it is very much like the artifact from World of Warcraft uh, Legion, where it just keeps going, and there's there's like no choices. You just get everything. That's how the Paragon system works.
1: Yeah, um, I think I think the difference here between this and the regular Paragon system, and I actually am looking forward to this. This is one of the things that I, I was most excited about uh, of recent Diablo Four news because it's doing something that I think the Paragon system wanted to do, but didn't do so. Diablo three inherently kind of kept things very tight, even though you were getting more powerful. You just kind of put everything into the same stats, right? The same uh, abilities. You just it was always the same set. They just got buffer, more or less. Uh, and here, yeah, like, like
0: literally, it's just you get more gold yeah, find, you or get you more get more whatever. magic resist, or more health, yeah. or
1: whatever. Or but in here, they're looking like they're trying to actually give you. A, a path and and the reason i i i i liken it to the sphere not because it's exactly it it's not no um, but
0: the concept is is not dissimilar
1: but yeah I, I I the the thing that reminded me of it or made me think of the two and kind of uh Connected it to the two is people were as bewildered with the sphere system for Final Fantasy X as they were with this because it's like, what am I looking at? And it was sort of that same thing where you just kind of picked a path and started moving around and gained, gained abilities. And I like the idea of the gate, uh, the gate system here, because it's like you start at the middle of the board, you build your way out, you get all these benefits. And then let's say there's nothing else you want to do on this board or and I think this is where it's going to come in. There's tiles that are specifically to those glyphs, right? Like you pointed out, if you earn mm-hmm. a glyph and the board you're on doesn't have a tile to put that glyph in, you go to a gate to get another board to find a place to put the glyph in. So like, yeah. it, it adds a layer of strategy and complexity to that. And depending on what the bonuses wind up being, it also lets you possibly customize your character in a way that the Paragon system never let you do. And I think yeah. that's really, really cool.
0: And one of the things they mentioned uh, that I thought probably I should have talked about more. Was the concept of you? You basically are going to be strategizing out how to place those glyphs mm-hmm. because the glyphs there's like glyphs that the glyphs get stronger based on how many other tiles around them have been selected.
1: Yeah, as a synergistic, a synergistic buff or whatever. Yeah.
0: So th- there's a there is a fair amount of strategy to this. Uh, Liz, you back? I am. Okay, cool. Did you have anything you wanted to say about it before we moved on? I actually
2: think there was one really. Good description you had in your post. I mean, not just one thing, but there you had a really good description in which you compared it to a board game, you know, like tiles on a board game and you pick which way to go. You're just advancing through these squares.
0: Yeah, it kind of feels um, a little Settler's a Caton or something. It is interesting. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, like almost like a ticket
1: to ride Settler's a Catan something where you're like building yeah. a long chain of something out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because it, it, it definitely has that. It almost reminded me of Hearthstone in that you you'll make choices to move yourself up to this place where you get this one thing. Like it'll probably be a glyph that you'll put down that will change everything around it. And then you'll get like you'll decide, oh, for that next board, it's got that really cool legendary that I want to have, so you're going to aim for it. There there's interesting stuff like that.
1: There's a board game that reminds yeah. me of where you like discover tiles and put it down. I think it's called uh, Betrayal of the House of the Hill. Um.
0: Yeah. Right. Or yeah, kind of like, yeah, I, you, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. You move
1: to a room, here are these exits and now it tells you what type of thing. And then you reveal a tile and you move forward. Like I kind of like that because I think I, th- I just think it adds playability to it. It, it adds something deeper to the end game because I think that's always been the problem that Diablo has all like had forever is once you get to the end game, what do you do? And in Diablo yeah. 2, it was, well, I did bail runs. Okay, that's great. What did it get you? I got this fancy hat. Sweet. It was all about the loot, right? Then Diablo Mm -hmm. three had the Paragon system in the seasons and that was great. But where do you go from there? And this is sort of uh, starting that idea fresh. And I think it's really cool. That's all I have. Sorry.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Basically I like it and I want to hear more and I'd like to play it, but you know, Diablo four is still a ways out. So.
1: Yeah. And I don't think we, we didn't get any update on when we're on any release dates or anything for it because they're going to, it's going to be a while folks. It's going to be a
0: while. So, um, another thing to talk about, uh, this is something that I didn't know, and quite frankly, I've not really been focusing on, because I have not been playing Hearthstone Brawls at all, uh, but there's a Winter Veil, vale started up with a new quest chain, and uh, Liz is the one who told us about this, because of course she was, <laughs> so... Liz is going to get to talk about it and I'm going to get to try and figure out why my computer is apparently trying to explode. So go for it, Liz. <laughs> uh,
2: I mean, it's, Hearthstone always has a winter event and this year. You know, you'll have a quest chain that uh, lets you win six packs, six free packs by just going through the quest chain. And there are going to be a couple of holiday themed brawls, which are, it's maybe a little disappointing because both of them are holiday brawls that we've seen before. And, uh, I mean, it's always fun to have something different, but it's like the same thing we've had in previous years. And that's kind of the same problem you get with Warcraft because we have Winter Veil, but we've had the same Winter Veil for like approximately a hundred years now. I don't know. Although surprisingly,
1: I just realized that there's a snow globe in Orgrimmar because I've apparently been playing this game for almost (laughs) 20 years and I never, never noticed.
2: The snow globe is new in that it is. It was not there when the holiday was first added.
1: There was a decorative so, gnome and a snowman that was looking and waving, and it made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> anyway, please carry on.
2: Um, okay, one thing that the Hearthstone uh, Wintervale has that is new and different and fun, maybe, depending on your definition of fun, is there is a new skin for thrall for the shaman hero uh which is snowman thrall it's (laughs) like thrall and a snowman like he's making a snowman with like frost shock i don't know like so and that's going to be completely free so you just need to log on and claim it in the shop which is it's cool when they add little things like that uh but yeah that's really it i mean you're you got you got some quests to play through and uh if you play Hearthstone, it's worth logging on and going through that legendary quest chain because you get free stuff. And uh, Hearthstone free can be a really expensive good. game. <laughs> Hearthstone can be really expensive if you're buying packs. So I
1: mean, I mean a game about packing, pa- or cracking packs of cards is expensive? Never in a million years mm. as I look at my collection of matches of the gathering <laughs> sitting next to me.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it adds up. It adds up.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, I'm going to actually use that as a segue to the... Other thing that we've, we're going to talk about that wasn't actually in my email because I didn't know about it: um, the Blizzard Gear Store is closing down at the end of the year, and we don't know how long it's going to be down. They're going to make changes to call it you know, a whole new experience.
2: Yeah, maybe
0: maybe it'll be a whole new experience where I I can easily get the things I'm trying to get and not have to try it <laughs> three times because the store keeps saying it doesn't have it. Um, <laughs> Look at you, fanatic. Um, yeah, but. Any gift cards you have will also expire, apparently. Um yeah. So- yeah, at the end of the year. So you have a gift card. Use it. Yeah. Go out there.
2: Send which it. which Buy
1: makes something. me think maybe they're moving away from uh Yeah. From because that's fan cash is the, the gift cards. The gift cards are all fan cash, if you didn't know. So it makes me wonder if they're moving
0: away from that as a system and that's why. That may make sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I do wonder if they're ditching like Fanatics completely. Fanatics runs their store right now, and kind of Since,
1: like twenty eleven. Yeah,
2: I don't know if it's been that long, but it has been a while. And I've always had kind of you know I think the store has gone downhill. I think the quality of products has gone downhill. So maybe this is an improvement. Maybe it's going to stay the same. We don't know. They haven't told us what it's going to be.
1: I mean, I could tell you the story about the time that I got a uh, a, sh- a shaman shirt from a certain vendor that was uh, associated with Blizzard at the time that uh, came brand new in bag at the time that we were supposed to wear them for uh, uh, hosting a, a live podcast at a, at a, a PAX event. Uh, and the shirt that they gave me had uh, an entire seam missing from the left hand side of it. So, you
0: know, good stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, bad. <laughs>
0: Joe's not talking all sexy about the time he was partially naked in a shirt uh, hey you, yeah, ever, the, you
1: ever wondered how i got a, a tcg card made of me that's how
0: yeah, i just showed up um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the uh the store is closing so if you've got cards you know spend them is a very good chance that we're gonna see a completely different kind of store run by somebody else um yeah, that's just that's it just wouldn't, messed up. I wouldn't. But I wouldn't be surprised if
1: they like are picking up some of that. They're slack on their own too because they've been doing a lot of stuff with the Battle Battle.net backend mm-hmm. with a lot of store integration stuff. So I'm wondering if they're just going to be going back to sourcing product and selling it through their own stuff with a distributor.
0: Maybe. I mean, they certainly, as you just pointed out, they've got a ton of infrastructure for it. Just straight up in game now, uh, you can do a lot of in in game store stuff. So maybe they are going to do that.
1: Sorry, this has been on my mind a lot recently.
0: <laughs> yeah, for reasons. But uh, I'm going to talk now about something—a post that I wrote. Uh, this is one that was in the—it was in the queue, and I saw it and thought, "Oh, that's interesting. We should talk about it." Um, I don't know if you guys know anything about Frost Giant Games, but they were started by a whole bunch of ex-Starcraft and ex—you know—Warcraft three developers um, who left Blizzard right around the time that Blizzard shut down development on Starcraft. Uh, for for pretty obvious reasons, for the most part, I hope mm-hmm. I hope to not find out that they left for a different reason. But we all know what reason that might have been. So let's just hope real hard that that's not involved here. Um, but they 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 made an announcement that they're going to be making a big new RTS game that they they aim to you know bring the RTS game back and make the great the next great RTS. And Lizard found a post from Wired. That was basically talking about this and talking about you know is this going to be the RTS Renaissance? To which my response was when I was writing the post was like, why would it be the RTS Renaissance when they haven't gone anywhere? Total,
1: Total War would like a word with you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a lot of of RTSs out right now. I mean, there's at least three to five big name RTSs coming out every year. There's a Starship Troopers
1: one coming out next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> you mentioned, Total War, which has the Warhammer ones, but yeah, they Total also War- have. Total War Warhammer
1: um, is coming out next year, too. There's a third installment yeah. in that. Like, th- th- tons of them.
0: There's also ones that aren't even in the Total War series, like the Warhammer, or Dawn of War, and Dawn of War uh, 2. There's a, there's a lot of RTSs. There is mm-hmm. there is a a boatload of them. There's an upcoming Dune there's, game for it as well. There's the We Are Legion yep. game, which is just nuts, by the way. It's a strange game. Um, so I, I'm going to like throw this out to you guys, uh, probably Liz, first. Uh, you know, do you think that the like people are just too quick to assume RTSs are dead? Is that what the problem is? What What do you think is going on here?
2: I mean, this is I I linked you this this Wired article talking about the RTS Renaissance. But I this was not the first time I've heard the term the RTS Renaissance. And when Frost Giant first uh, launched, it was you know that was kind of the thing. They're going to make the next big RTS game. And I, I think we really think of RTS or at least some people think of RTS as kind of a dead genre because the huge game studios no longer make like triple a RTS game. You know, we don't see new games like that anymore and we don't see them, you know, highly hyped, highly advertised. They don't.
0: So, yeah, I think in general, the idea that the genre is dead is like, I think that Liz had good points about the, uh, bigger names like for instance the, the the really big rts names of the past the command and conquers the uh said, Starcrafts and Warcrafts. they're, they're still they're, out there command and conquer hasn't had a real release that wasn't like a mobile port in years yeah, uh, or yeah, a you, remaster but you know what they, you
1: can't you can't even you can't discount mobile games though for that because RTSs i'm not have been discounting on that. Them. I, I didn't say you are but i'm just saying like they, i think i think they thrived because of mobile for a while as well they kept them alive
0: and i think that the problem is is that we still have that that conception yeah that mobile games don't count Uh, and so people talking about there's no like i like i'm saying there's no new command and conquer coming out for the pc there's just remasters sure so people don't don't think about the fact that people are playing rtss on their phones and on their on their ipads and, and tablets but they are that's that's where rtss are really big right now uh they're as a genre they're they're really really big on mobile and that is something people kind of forget. And there's other things, but I think we can at this point we can move on. Yeah, I was to, the only to...
1: thing the only thing I was going to add is that I think a lot of it has to do with marketing because games aren't being the RTSs aren't marketed as much. I think Liz yeah, is absolutely. spot on with that. That people think RTSs don't exist anymore, despite the fact that they're going strong. And like, I love the like I brought up Total War earlier because it's yeah. a game I love, right? So yeah. marketing.
0: The Total marketing. War, the Total War Three Kingdoms one. Um, I think it's called Three Kingdoms, the one that's set in China. Was yeah. really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, just straight up was amazing. But I think at this point we're going to move on to some emails. Yeah. Uh, um, since we're having a, connectivity issues and, and Liz is unfortunately not here right now, we're going to just have to go without her. Uh, if we're trying to get her back in. Absolutely. Uh, especially since this first email that I'm going to read is about Liz. Um, so. A little yeah. ironic on the timing. Yeah, but... <laughs> Uh, if you've got an email for the show, uh, you can send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line uh, podcast of Blizzard blizzardwatch, so we know it's for this show. Um, or you can hit us up on our Discord. Uh, we've got the patron Q and podcast questions channel, where if you're a patron, you can ask and you get basically first served. Um, or you can go to our Q questions channel, which is for non-patrons as well. Uh, we, we like to give patrons first shot because that is one of the benefits of supporting the site. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, please become a patron. Um, But also you can, you know, you could theoretically DM us on Twitter or even at us on Twitter. And we look at those things. Um, I actually have Discord
1: DMs open as well.
0: Yeah, I do not because I I am afraid of talking to people. I'm sorry. But yeah, so there's there's various ways to reach us and we'd love to have questions and they don't have to be about Blizzard games, but, you know, absolutely they can be. Whatever you want to talk about. Um, But this first one... Is from uh, Alana Punch, and she says, I just wanted to say it's really nice to hear Liz on the podcast now, and more than that, the way people who could easily just speak over her voice instead make space for her to be heard. That's just a nice thing to notice, and it's nice to hear respect when a lot of the news lately is examples of disrespect. Rock on, Blizzard Watchers, rock on. Now I put this here because I was really hoping Liz would be here and (laughs) get to see it and realize that she's made a, a positive impact on the show. Um, I really think that adding Liz to the uh, podcast has helped bring back a little bit of the energy that the show had before when we had three hosts. Uh, the, not to say that Joe and I haven't done our best, um, but Joe like- and I are very di- Joe and I are very different people, but at the same time, we we do share a lot in common. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of get easily subtracted down to the cul- you know culverts of of weirdness and it's nice to have a third voice to, to change it up. And Liz is both knowledgeable and has a very different perspective, which does help quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I, I, I definitely think that you're correct Alana. it. has definitely made the show better. Um, now Joe, you get to talk about Liz for a while. This is really strange when she's not here.
1: It it is really strange, but it is also, uh, it's one of the reasons why we we wanted Liz to sort of join the show. Is we think that this show in particular works better as a three chair and having those different perspectives, I think matters. Like not saying that I don't love the sound of my own voice. Spoilers, I actually don't. Uh, but it, he doesn't
0: love the sound of his own voice. He does like <laughs> his own thoughts, though.
1: I do. Um, and,
0: and i'm the same way i hate the sound <laughs> of my voice man it's a good thing that two guys who hate the sound of their own voices decided to be on a podcast and one of the
1: and one of them has to listen to the podcast afterwards and do all the editing uh but no all that aside it's, it's one of those things where having a third opinion having a third view helps it also helps because and matt and i have complained about this with with other things like lore watch we don't do live which means and you guys didn't hear this, but like, I'll just little behind the curtain thing. Uh, last week, my throat was so raw because I had been sick the week prior that like at one point I had a massive coughing fit and I had to stop recording for a good 15, 20 minutes to get myself back under control. We can do that when we're not doing live, but with the Blizzard Watch podcast because it's live, we generally can't do that. So when Matt you know talks about oh I can take a uh, drink of water now, he's not joking because Matt no. I, Matt and I can talk forever. And then, you know, having somebody who's, one, has great opinions, two, has a different opinion than ours, and three, has the ability to talk and and, and sort of do that allows us to, one, have more diverse banter, but also I can take that five-minute break and go get a cup of water if I need to. Same with Matt, and then the same with Liz. So having her on the show has been absolutely fantastic.
0: God, I hope that means she's here now. Hi, Liz.
1: It is. That's why I went that way. See? Okay, (laughs) Liz.
0: Did you know, did you read the emails? You know, the email we're currently talking about? No. Okay. Then we yeah, talked about, we,
1: we talked about you. We, we thought it was all the
0: sunshine yeah. and roses. Yeah. You know? as, as I said, when we were doing it, it's like, this is really awkward to be talking about. this <laughs> so. Um, yeah,
2: I mean, I think all of us, the three of us have known each other for a really long time and. Uh, one of the thing about podcasts where we aren't all in the same room is I think it's really easy to talk over each other and you really have to like, stop and think, okay, I need to shut up now or I heard someone's microphone go on and I need to back off. So I think I do think that's kind of difficult in a podcast to not talk over each other. Like, I certainly know that when I'm talking about something and I get really excited and I'm into it, like if I'd started talking about, like really talking about Mass Effect in the pre-show, I would have talked for a half hour and not shut up.
0: Yeah. Um, and and we don't always do it right. Like last week we had yeah. a problem on the pre-show where I, I did not hear Liz queuing in and that does happen. But I think we all try to make room. You know what? It happened I mean, last
1: if I can get Liz to use her good microphone. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Just kidding, Liz.
2: Uh, it's, it's, it's It keeps <laughs> acting off on me. I think it's something with, like, I was trying to connect it through a USB hub. It's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but, yeah, so, in general, anyway. I do want to say this much so Liz knows that we were talking on this line. The podcast <laughs> is better for having her on it. Agreed. That's just straight up fact. So yep. I really
2: think it's, the whole thing is, it's teamwork. We know each other. We're trying to work together. And we all respect each other. And we all know that all of us have interesting things to say and we don't want to talk over each other because we want to hear what the others have to say.
0: And speaking of that, uh, I'm going to now have Liz read the next email. I was <laughs> going to have her read the first email, but obviously things happened as they did. So go ahead, Liz.
2: Well met, fellow
0: watchers. We
2: really need to get this greeting to trend. Regarding your discussion a couple weeks ago, weeks past about a possible revamp of Azeroth, if all zones get upgrades, including those added in Cataclysm like hijal. What will leveling be like then? How many more levels will we get, if any? Will we need to clear all zones to reach level cap, how long will it take? Many interesting choices, uh, Blizzard faces. With good tidings, Ish, Esh- oh, sorry about butchering your name. Eshan-shay, Eshanshi? from Alonsis EU. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even think Blizzard has figured this out, what the right leveling the scheme is and do you need to go through every zone how long should it take how many zones should there be i don't we haven't had any real consistency on that throughout the expansion so i, yeah, I, I, I i'll I be some- upfront.
0: um when mm-hmm. i suggested this i was not even thinking about leveling through it i thought it would be <laughs> you're at max level here's a different azeroth uh so now I'm having hives like this. This yeah, they, is actually a scary thought for me.
1: They tried, right? Like that's one of the things I talked about with, with Shadowlands, And that's why there's a whole different leveling experience now, right? They're trying to figure out what that leveling experience should be. They're experimenting to find a sweet spot. And I think it's pretty okay right now. Like I, I've actually leveled a whole bunch more alts this expansion than I have the last two. Uh, and I'm talking about like from one up, like getting up to max. So like, I think they're trying to find the right sweet spot for it, where it's, you know, get the all the zones and update, and, and like, you figure out what the leveling will be like if it's... Because I think right now it's supposed to be you level through an entire expansion. That's your experience, right? Like, that's the goal. I don't think it works out exactly. I think the math is a little off, if I remember correctly. Um, but it's close, and it's definitely a, a good idea because it's like, hey, choose an expansion. Have that entire story experience. Uh, but, yeah, going the other way, which you know, I, I think is more what I think we would talk about is if you're at max level and you add another expansion in, even if it's taking you back through old zones, what do you guys think leveling should look like? Or should there even be level? Should there be levels or should there be power structure of a bowered nature?
0: That's
2: a really interesting question because lately Blizzard has, well, I say lately, but it's been a number of years. Blizzard has really taken power away from leveling you don't get a lot of power by gaining levels. Mm -hmm. Maybe not any power because it's all in the expansion's current power system, which you usually unlock at max level. And um, leveling doesn't feel meaningful anymore, leveling through an expansion at least. When you're leveling an alt, you are collecting new skills and abilities and you unlock new talents as you level. But for max level characters, they haven't been adding new skills. They haven't added new talents. So yeah, I don't know if leveling matters anymore unless they change it to be something different where it actually feels like you're progressing instead of, Oh, this number just went up for no particular reason. And it means nothing. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I do think that I think that the, a lot of the talk we've been hearing lately about not having borrowed power systems is definitely a reaction to that. And It's weird because the Diablo 4 developer update, one of the things they were talking about was how people who have been playing the beta have said that itemization and gear feels like it's all powerful in Diablo. Like you can't get power any other way. And that's why they were making the changes they were making to the Paragon system to try and give players more customization and feel like there's stuff that you get from leveling up. That you get from being more, you know, you get p- some power from from going up in level, from, from gaining experience, that those things give you strength too. It's the opposite direction, but the same basic problem. How do you make leveling feel meaningful? And, you know, how do you have it so that, like, you gain power as you level up instead of just gaining power once you get to the maximum level? Okay, now I've unlocked this new system of like blood from a planet now it's it's like how, how does that work well you wear a special like hat shoulders and chest plate and they have like you know special you know slots for new it's like w- this my armor has a talent system now like I'm sorry I'm never getting over Az <laughs> that asteroid armor <laughs> like really traumatized me and the worst part about it was that in the same expansion as Azzarid armor they had the corrupted system and the corruption system was actually pretty good. In oh, terms if you terms of power. If you were a healer. yeah,
2: mm.
0: not the D4 beta. My 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 apologies. That that's correct. It was just the uh, dev update. It's in like open alpha or the de- closed alpha or something. Uh, they are testing it. It's just mostly internal internal stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's the same basic ideas. Like how do you make leveling rewarding? I, and I, I de- I've definitely I think if I were going to be doing a revamp of classic, you know, if we're going to be doing a completely whole new Azeroth that you could level through from one to whatever the max level is going to be in the new expansion, then I would want to make it so that you could do it in a targeted way. Like, and maybe take, take cues from the fact that right now every expansion is something you can level through entirely. Like if you want to, you can go to Northrend and you can just level in Northrend. You can get to like level 50 in Northrend, Um, or you can go and do that on Draenor, or you can do that in Outland, or you can do that in Pandaria. And maybe that's what you do for the if you were doing an updated Azeroth. Actually, have it be Azeroth. Like, have it be every place we've ever been on Azeroth right now. You can go to one of those continents, and you could level from 1 to 50 or whatever max level will be in that area. Or you could do, like, mix and match and go to various places. That's probably what I would want to do, but it is daunting to think about.
1: I honestly would love to see if they could figure out a way to just move away from leveling in general. I honestly think that... Leveling is an antiquated system that sort of hung out from D&D and just kind of stuck around in MMOs in general. Like, the whole RPG aspect sort of, like, dug that in. But maybe get rid of levels altogether and find a way to just have a player power increase a different way. Because I keep thinking about this, especially with, like, Shadowlands. Leveling didn't matter. It mattered getting through the... The covenant story. It mattered getting through the, the the quests, and then it mattered getting your item level and your power power up. And honestly, I liked it. Like I, I I prefer that type of system because I think I hate to say it like this, but I think the time of caring whether somebody's fifty five or sixty, it, it I think it's gone. I don't think it matters anymore. I think it matters in classic where leveling gives you power because it unlocks talent points and it unlocks, uh, you know, different things for you to actually spend inside of talent trees. But with everything they've done so far, like Liz pointed out, paring down the talent systems, uh, what do you actually get from leveling nowadays? You don't get new spells. You don't get uh, new abilities. You don't get new points to spend in, in talents. You just work yourself to maximum level and then you get to the end game progression, which is all about that borrowed system, which is honestly the real leveling It's where you get your power from. In this case, it's the, the soul bind stuff, right? Like you unlock more of that as you go through your covenant, as you level up your covenant. That's the part that matters. So I don't know. I think I think maybe if they're going to revamp it, you find a way that it doesn't matter the levels that a player is. You figure out how to figure, make them powerful without having, like, level 50 necessarily attached to it, like gaining XP. There's already enough that we... That's my two cents. Maybe.
0: No, it's it's certainly something worth thinking about, but I'm going to move on to the next question. Uh, Joe, I guess you would be reading this one.
1: Sure. Uh, hi. In the hypothetical situations where Blizzard decides to remove the faction barrier, would you prefer the implementation to the gameplay first, i.e. you can group up immediately, the story will catch up later, or lore first, a slow story buildup that sets the stage for the eventual unlocking of cross-faction grouping? Personally, as someone who does not do much group content, I prefer the latter. Although, to be clear, when I say unlocking, I mean globally, not on a per-account basis. I do not think that would go over well. Thanks. And that's from Gorkwen. I... I think they could easily do a scenario that introduces you to the story of why you're doing it in the first place, have a really cool story experience, kind of like the broken shore opening. And then all of a sudden it's there and you can explore the story around it as you move through it, but have it be justified up front. So I, yeah, I think you could do it pretty easily that way. What do you guys think?
2: I mean, it could be just a pre-expansion event. You know, you have some sort of, I mean, it could be a lot like the Broken Shore where we were both uniting to fight this specific threat, except on the Broken Shore, it kept both factions apart, like really specifically kept them apart. And, you know, you could have just shoved us together and said, hey, teamwork, we're going to fight the Burning Legion together and we're going to work together. Um, except, you know, they were building up for battle for, to bat towards Battle for Azeroth, which was going to be the big faction war, so we didn't do anything like that but you could have a big pre-expansion event or a start of the expansion event that you just introduces this idea and you do it and you're done. I think that'd be really easy
0: Actually, to, to do the narrative. Now that you've said that, I just thought of something that I would do if I were doing mm-hmm. it, I would do it. Like you just suggested as a pre-expansion event, but I wouldn't tell people that's what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just straight up, you'd, you'd get like, let's say, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like after all the stuff with, uh, with smiley mcdeath guy uh is over and we're going into the next you know expansion there's this big you know come together soldiers of the horde or you know warriors of the alliance and you know join this group that will be going forward and you you get there and it's a beach party and the alliance (laughs) you know you queue up and you just you're signed into a group with a bunch of people from the other faction and it's a beach party and you're given like you know here's your warriors luau you know and you're like what what we were having a luau we have a very important
1: quest for you eat three hot dogs like
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah seriously yeah and and you 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 know you'd be running around doing like there'd be like three-legged races with like you know people from the other faction and so forth
1: it's the goblin Um, it's the goblin starter experience for heroes of azeroth but with less monetary capitalism i love it yeah
0: exactly And, (laughs) and and you know at the end of it you know you there's no actual like may- maybe they're like at some point a boss shows up or something a big monster spawns and they have to fight them together but for most has of it, it's giant just crab.
1: has to be a giant crab
0: at the yes you know for, you, which you can you can hit for maximum damage but uh, at the end of it though like there's actually like a montage of like you know selfies like remember the selfie camera but the, there would actually be like a montage of selfies like there's a goblin with, an 80's with a theme stick-
1: song playing in the
0: background. Yeah exactly and there's like you know there's like a goblin with like holding two fingers up behind a worgen who's looking all surly there's a there's a gnome getting thrown someplace by a torn and laughing hysterically you know yay this is fun uh there all this various stuff and it, it's just nice and and we're like you know you know Grumosh. i always thought you were a jerk but now that i've spent several hours attempting to like race with my leg in, in a sack with yours I still think you're a jerk, but you're good at that race. Like we, well, yes, yes, tiny human. When I picked you up and carried you across the finish line, I realized that I carried you across the finish line in my heart. Walk <laughs> you know, whatever. I don't know. Just, but just make like, let's, let's, let's have, I don't know. I just, let's have a nice time that would be what i would do i i don't think that that's what they're gonna do i don't the people of blizzard are not going to give us you know sack races and and you know this potato salad has got way too much paprika in it who made this a goblin <laughs> you know something like that i i just i don't expect it but i would like it uh failing that though i do still think you could do straight up like where you know, there's a new, like, the elements are in unrest again, and now there's a new Fire Lord coming through to Azeroth, and we have to stop it, and then, like, you just put people in a group with, like, people from the other faction, you don't explain it. You just, you're grouped up, go. And it's like, oh, okay. um, Sure, that's a thing. And what's really interesting about that to think about, at least in my head, is that if they'd done that all the way back in Burning Crusade, we would not have had to bring Paladins to the Horde and, and Shaman to the Alliance. I mean, I'm glad they did. I liked playing my Shaman, but it is interesting to think about the fact that they could have had faction-specific classes if faction didn't matter anymore. Yeah. If you weren't restricted by faction, you could have kept faction-specific classes. We could have gotten Demon Hunters just for the Alliance and something for the Horde in Legion if we'd had that. It is just something that I... that The faction thing has been a really big barrier. Yeah. So Yeah. All right. uh, Do we think we have time for one more question? I
1: think we do with all of our time stuff. I think we have time for one more, maybe two more, depending on how deep we go.
0: All right. uh, I think it's Liz's Hey, Liz. Liz, it's your turn. You don't have to read the next one. You can pick any one of these to read if you want to. Um,
2: You know, I'm going to go on to the next one because actually I I have not, I have a thought about this. Mm. Uh, question from KTS Stories. Questioner for either podcast. I've had the sense that the last few WoW expansions have been examining how we cope with and resolve trauma. In Legion, we saw Illidan being his scars, Velen grieving for his son, World, Gin hunting revenge, and Archmon's anger over Velen's betrayal. In Battle for Azeroth, we experienced Jaina's parental remorse, Sarfang's guilt over the Horde's actions. Thrall's guilt over Garrosh and Tyrande's uh, embrace of righteous anger. In Shadowlands, we're seeing the fallout of Sylvanas' trauma at the hands of Arthas, and to a yes- lesser degree, the trauma Yesra and the Night Elves went through, which could probably stand a little more attention. Is there any character whose trauma you would like to see addressed and resolved if this continues as a background theme for future expansions? And I, I think this is a really good point that we have seen, A lot of trauma lately, and we're seeing uh, kind of some, I want to say resolutions, but resolution isn't quite the right word. We're seeing kind of story elements come home in terms of characterization. But I'm going to completely not answer this question in that I don't want to do this anymore. Like, on one hand, these are really relevant stories, and they're relevant to life, and they're relevant to personal experiences, and they make you really feel impacted towards the characters and uh, connect with them in ways and that is all fantastic and also I'm totally tired of it I'm tired of trauma I'm tired of tragedy and I completely want Matt's beach party I want the beach party (laughs) expansion I want an expansion where we're happy and we have fun because I'm just I'm worn out of trauma what uh, about y'all
1: Matt and I just recently talked about this on Sunday actually (laughs) Um, same boat. Honestly, if you look at the history of WoW, everything has been dealing with somebody else's trauma. Like, literally. Look at look at Wrath of the Lich King, Arthas, everything that happened with him as the Lich King that led him to become the Lich King. That was dealing with his trauma, the decisions he made, and the choices he made. And we're still dealing with the fallout of it now. The whole Sylvanas arc, the Magni arc, the Jaina arc, the Deathwing arc. Uh, need we go on? Like it, It's been this constant undercurrent thing for as long as I can remember in Warcraft, and it's been very central to almost every single character we've dealt with. Honestly, I'm fine with the fact that we're resolving some of it now because it feels like we're able to... And I mentioned this on 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 last week Tuesday, and I mentioned this on Sunday it feels like we're finally getting to a point where we can start to move past it and that's what i want i want you know sylvanas to go away not I, i'm not saying that she's bad or, or evil or or good or anything like that it's just her time has come this needs to be the end of it and i hope she moves away from it and that she kind of goes away and and go sits in the background somewhere Anduin is going to have a ton of baggage after this expansion is over with, but I also kind of don't want that to be front and center. The Night Elves have their own stuff to deal with, and yes, it could definitely use some more time, but these things don't need to be front and center. They can be undercurrents, they can be small things in the background that we deal with as as player characters and experience as the champions of our respective like peoples, but it doesn't have to be the meat of every story, and it just feels like it has been the meat of every story for so long. And we deal with enough of that stuff in real life, and I don't really always want to play a video game and be reminded of, oh, yeah, I had an s- experience similar to this. Okay, let me go ahead and walk away for about 20 minutes so I can process this. Like, I don't I don't want that anymore. And I understand that it's important. I understand that dealing with these topics is important, but there's a different way to do it than just have it be front and center all the time. Matt?
0: I, I think, yeah, one of the things I wanted to say was that, first off, I think that... <laughs> When they were developing their plan for the next three expansions after Warlords of Draenor in 2014 or so, none of them saw the next six to eight years coming. And I remember saying at the time, because BlizzCon 2016 was directly before the 2016 elections. And I remember saying at the time that the, the, this there was going to be some heavy recontextualizing depending on what happened next. And it, it went the way it went and we all lived through those, those years and are now living through the pandemic years. Um, There's definitely a sense that this story would have played better. Had we not literally just descended through Dante's Inferno. Um, And I I do feel that way. Like a lot of this stuff just had the bad luck of being when everything was already horrible, Um, which does happen, you know, life goes where it goes. Also though, I want to say, it's the addressed and resolved part of this question that I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. because resolution isn't the same as constantly putting people through a meat grinder. Do you guys know who John Byrne is? I know Mm. Joe knows who John Byrne is. That was stupid to ask. (laughs) Um, No. John Byrne is a a comic book artist who came up through to prominence from his work on X-Men. He was Chris Claremont's co, you know, he was the artist for Chris Claremont near the middle part of Claremont's X-Men run. Uh, and he went on to, to be the artist and writer for Fantastic Four. He's the guy that did the uh, 80s reboot of Superman, changing mm-hmm. a lot of his, his canon. There are good things and bad things about it. But one of the things Byrne does a lot in his stories is he fixates on a female character and decides this character needs to become strong and independent. And therefore, I will torture broken. this character. Yeah. This character will be tortured and have everything stripped away from them and be destroyed. And it is something yeah. Sue Sue Storm, Wonder Woman. When he got his hands on Wonder Woman, he did it to Wonder Woman.
1: He he made it a point to break them because he he loved the trope that you had to be fixed.
0: Yeah, and I've seen too much of this in World of Warcraft. Uh, I've seen it in in, in other Blizzard games. I've seen it with Kerrigan. I've seen it with Sylvanas. I've seen it with Taranda. I've seen it with Jaina. I am tired of seeing it. I am tired of this idea that the characters can only the only good exploration of these characters is by brutalizing them. Um, I would like to see Taronda get to, to like move past what happened and to, to not just forget it happened, but work towards rebuilding her people in, in a way that doesn't constantly dwell on how angry she is and how out of control she is. Because you know what? There's a thing as being righteously, coldly angry that doesn't make you act like a lunatic Mm -hmm. and, and, we got to stop portraying, you know, angry people as just being out of control and they need to be, you know, we have to like work together and just let the character be angry for a bit and then let them work through it. And then actually have that resolution. Don't just keep doing it over and over again. It took them how long to finally get Jaina to a place where she's not lashing out like three, like three expansions. I, I feel like it's time to just put those kind of tropes in a box and ship them off. Uh, they don't need to be around. And when you do have the backstory come in, have it be something that does get addressed and resolved. Like, what is not just Tyrande's angry, but what is Tyrande going to do now? What, what is her? What are her people going to do? Are we going to like? Is is Darnassus coming back? Are they going to rebuild Tildrassil? Are they going to go somewhere else? If they're if we if it's canon that they're in Hyjal now, show me what they're doing in Hyjal. How are they building there? How are they settling there? Move past it. Do do something new with the characters.
1: What what is it I said on Sunday? It feels like we've been eternally like we've been eternally yeah. stuck for the last 20 years.
0: Yeah, we've been we've, we've been reliving um the the Warcraft games because we can't move past Warcraft 3. Yep. We keep forgetting that Warcraft 3 ended the faction conflict.
1: Because because it it technically didn't because we've been stuck in the moments before.
0: Yeah, but they yeah they keep not letting us get past it. Exactly, it's time to get past it. It's that's the reason we keep talking about the faction stuff. That's the reason we keep talking about this kind of stuff. I do think that that Liz is right. We we don't need this anymore. It isn't. There's that idea that trauma is the only way to show depth in storytelling, and I feel like it's kind of gotten to out of hand with World of Warcraft. Um, There's a place for it, like Diablo games. I don't ever think Diablo games should turn into like happy sunshine fun times, but I think looking at hearthstone some of the most compelling wow stuff out there the most compelling warcraft stuff is in hearthstone and it's fun like even when the villains show up they have a ridiculous plan of to steal, dart you know dalaran <laughs> and they do it and there's a whole expansion about these maniacs stealing dalaran and using it like a weird ass death star
2: like you know floating around Azeroth
0: doing stuff with it and I mean, it's, thing it's is, good that's not wrong
2: <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's a it's a weird expansion, but a lot of fun. Yeah, um, there's
0: no reason we couldn't have more of that in Warcraft. And it doesn't mean you don't still have serious stories. It doesn't mean you don't still do big epic storylines, but it's okay. Like one of the best storylines from Cataclysm was the quest, you know, the day Deathwing died. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's it's ridiculous, but it's fun, you know, and it's in the same zone as the really super serious Rathion's births quests. Where, like, you know, this this dragon steals an egg and uses this, like, Titan stuff to purify it. And there's, you know, anger and murder and, you know, all this stuff is going on. Then there's also the goofy Deathwing quest. You can have both. And I would like to see the game go that direction. More category, please. Yeah. Warcraft has always been kind of goofy. Always. Go look at the original games, man.
1: We talk about (laughs) the cartoony art style. There was some goofiness. There was some silliness, like, in it, uh, uh, like, all the time ago. Yes. There's art
0: out there of Deathwing smoking out of a hookah because they was gonna be in the Thrall adventure game they were working on. They were going to have Alice in Wonderland references with Deathwing. <laughs> uh, it's okay. We can this stuff can we don't have to take it seriously all the time. It can be fun. It should be fun. People should be having a good time. Let's have that beach party. Come on. Who's making the potato salad with too much paprika? I'm positive that's a goblin thing. Let's go. <laughs>
1: Uh, surprisingly i'm gonna go, bet it's a worgen thing we I'm have to suffer of all of you must suffer now too enjoy <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think part of the problem here part of the reason we keep revisiting trauma is that like so many stories every chapter of warcraft every chapter of world of warcraft has had to be bigger and badder than the last one so it's yep. like okay this is This expansion, we defeat Deathwing. This expansion, we're going to defeat the whole Burning Legion. And then the Burning Legion, then uh, Sargeras responds by stabbing a sword through Azeroth. And then we're going to fight an old god. And it's like everything has to be bigger and badder and more traumatic than the last thing we did. And because we're in this constant cycle of really terrible things happening to us, there's going to be trauma placed on some of the characters in the game and then we feel like we need to resolve that I mean, could, sometimes sometimes could, the game goes to resolve it and Padilla, sometimes it's like
1: sorry Padilla and chat brought up a good point I just want to throw it in here real quick because I know we're coming up on mm-hmm. time you can explore trauma while not subjugating vulnerable populations
2: it's yeah true. that's good yeah so and the weird thing is sometimes the game deals with trauma by like ignoring it like uh, Matt you talked about Jaina. But a lot of thing was, okay, we destroyed J- Theramore, and then Jaina was really mad, and then she was mostly not in the next two expansions, three expansions?
0: Yeah, so like they, it's like... They, they wrote her out of, like, Legion because she she took her ball and went home because they were going to invite the Horde back in. And it's just was such a... It was such an out-of-character like, thing for her that it, it... remember striking it. I hope you guys can hear these sirens going on, because apparently, you know got her rings happening in my neighborhood but yeah that that whole thing with Jaina was just really irritating
2: and they're honestly kind of doing something like that with Taronda right now because we got the okay we burned teldrassil Taronda's really angry and now she's just not here and we don't know what she's doing except occasionally she's going to appear in a cinematic being murderous and angry and that's it we have no idea what's going on there
1: not, it's not just true. that's not entirely true you, I would say it is it is true it's is a true statement unless you play um uh, there's an Ardenwell covenant unless you're a knight. Uh,
0: I'll be upfront with you, Joe. I, I disagree with you that the Ardenwell covenant thing in any way, shape, or form betrays her as anything other than murderously angry.
1: I didn't. I didn't say that. I didn't say that it, it does better at portraying her than but other she, murderously angry. But you get a point where you can see where she currently is. That's yeah, the only thing. She's wandering saying, around
0: like, Torghast. No, she's not. No, the more in general, she's
1: not. We can talk about this. Okay. Uh, we can talk about this later, but like we get to the end point. Like there's, that's the whole thing, and you get part of that as part of your covenant campaign as well. There's, oh, there's
0: you're like, talking about the newer stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought you meant the storyline as it was progressing throughout the expansion, not the the end cap. But
1: but it was the thing where unless you played a specific covenant, you didn't get to experience any of her story. Yeah, for, and that's like, a problem. That's a that problem a they've had problem.
0: for years. Yeah, that they have that they put like you know if you if you're not in this faction or you're, like if you were playing a worgen you didn't get to see the end of the worgen experience because it was given to to undead. Yeah, like what? That's that's another problem. But yeah, I think at this point we kind of have to wrap it up. Yeah, I don't and know. I think we kind of we kind of talked this one out. Yeah, if either of you have anything else you want to say, though, now's the time. Go for, go for it.
1: I was just going to ask Liz if she had anything else to add.
0: No, no, I think
1: that's it. All right. All right. Well, then, you, folks. Joe, yeah, yep. I know Joe's going to
0: do his thing, so <laughs> go do it.
1: Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience.
0: Uh, thank you, Joe. Um, also, thank you to Liz for being here and for the, Patreon drive that you did over the past couple of weeks, because that got us more people on our Patreon, and that's really great, because it makes the site possible, and it helps us do all the stuff we try to do. Um, Blizzard Watch, you know, if you have a question for the show, you can send it to podcast at Blizzard Watch, uh, subject line podcast at Blizzard Watch, so we know it's for this show. Um, we haven't really mentioned this in the past couple of weeks, just because I think all three of us really kind of need a break from it, but at the same time, it does need to be said that uh, we hear at Blizzard Watch stand with all the employees, uh, Activision Blizzard, and their their constant movement forward to try and make the uh, workplace and community a safer place for them. Uh, that's it's super important, and we definitely are we're encouraged, but also you know hoping that for more and better in the future. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here with us, and we'll see you next week.